What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of SSPN Postgame. Um, this one sucked, Ethan. Yeah, uh, it did. It wasn't a fun game, Jude. We really shouldn't have expected it to be a good one, but I think we were both kind of still high off of those two wins in a row where we were finally kind of connected and playing the right way and then suddenly brought right back to reality, playing the undefeated at home championship favorites, have a a few all-stars on their team, veteran presence, Boston Celtics. So... Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty perfectly there. The other thing was, too, is even in the Bulls game where we lost, we competed the entire time, and that was without that was without Wembenyama. And then also the, the game against Monday against Atlanta. As much as we were down 35 in that game, we came back and cut it to like six or seven with about, I, I can't remember if that was like three or four minutes in the fourth or like six or seven minutes in the fourth, but you guys mm-hmm. get what I'm saying. Mid, around, you know, somewhere in that range in the fourth quarter, um, and ended up losing by 10, but because of the effort and like, I'll, I'll go back and, and just reference that game for a second. Um, just because the numbers I, I sent them to you, um, they were pretty crazy just in the, in, in the difference between the first half and the second half, like the first half Atlanta beat us a combined, I can't do quick math. They beat us 35 to 16 in the first, and then they beat us 34 to, to 18 in the second. And then we kind of did the same thing in the third, 33 to 18. And then even though it still wasn't enough to get back, won the fourth quarter also by double digits, 32 to 22. Mm. So despite the way that that game began, it was like, oh, you know, it's MLK Day. It's a weird, you know, like 2.30 game, even though 3.30 Eastern, whatever you want to say. You know, a, a midday afternoon game, you know, maybe they just came out slow and then it really looks like they got back to what we had been seeing, you know, in all the games prior in the second half. Um, and then, you know, you, you competed with Boston a little bit to start, only a five-point difference in the first quarter. Um, but after that, uh, it really just, even if, you know, we'll go through the quarter-by-quarter stuff here, Ethan, in a second. Um, but I, I would even say that the second half is a little misleading, Um if you were to just look at the box score for how well the Spurs did, if you want to say, um, I think this is, this is one of those games, Ethan, when I think about it, like you could look at the box score and be like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, they got blown out in the second, you know what I mean? And then they came back a little bit and made it competitive in the fourth. And Wemby and Devin had 20 plus, but if you watched the game, this is like why we always bring up like how stats aren't everything, because this was, this was an ugly one you know, just no question about it, I guess is the way I would describe it. Yeah, uh, probably two minutes into the second quarter, from that point forward, the Spurs were not in the game whatsoever. And at no point were the Celtics worried about their um, the Spurs coming back and making it a, a competitive game. I think we brought it back to at it's like 13 at some point in the third quarter. And I was like really shocked. I was like, how do we even do this? Like, I, I don't remember this happening. It was kind of led by Devin Vassell suddenly going on a flurry. Um, but yeah, like I said, just completely outclassed in every way. Um, it just comes with the territory. Yep. Um, well, I guess let's just get into the game flow with this one. Um, so I'll pull up the box score that we had here. And I kind of already referenced some of those numbers at the top, but just so y'all can see them. So we'll, we'll start with the first. Like I said, it was it was competitive, but also, we, you know, me and you were kind of talking about this before we went live. I don't think that the Celtics were going 100% tonight, nor did they play their best game. 
Um, so when you factor that in and then you still, I mean, technically it's, well, I don't know. Am I doing math right? Yeah. No, that's, is that 19? No, I'm tripping. Can, can you help me with math right well, now? Sorry, what was your math? I would... What is, what is the difference? How much did we lose by tonight? <laughs> I oh, 19, 19. Okay. Points. It was 19. Okay. Um, yeah. I, that's what I was going to say. You know, we lost by 20, even though it's technically a little bit under that, but <laughs> the, it was, it was that advantage. You know yeah. what I mean? The, the entire time. Um, I'll just read my notes and then dish it to you. So Wimby had a good start, um, was finding shots, you know, was able to get some open jumpers down, um, hit some threes. Um, I like the defensive effort as well. The other thing I wrote down with that though, is the Celtics are just one of the best teams in the league. Um, we still had little mistakes um, to start, just kind, of, and that kind of set the tone for the whole game. That, and that's why I think this game was like not only was it just the it, the loss, but it wasn't just that we were playing the Celtics that are you know a, a league contender, arguably the best team in the East. Like it wasn't just that. And Chris Stapps was out, and Derek. That's the other thing I'm forgetting about too. That's another huge thing. I mean, those are two of their best players, um, and so. I feel like the little like mistakes we had, that was kind of, um, it's just one game against the Celtics, but it kind of felt in the sense when you like look at the season as a whole, this one kind of felt like a reversion to some of the stuff that we saw earlier in the season when it comes to the non-connectedness. You mentioned the connectedness earlier. You know, you saw a lot of that tonight, a lot of little mishaps and miscues. Um, there was a steal that Dom had. I don't think this is necessarily in the first quarter, but you started to see that in the first quarter and it trickled throughout the game where he just fumbled it. There was a rebound. I believe this might have been in the first quarter. Maybe it was the second where Wemby and Sohan both went up for it and just fumbled the ball out of bounds. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was it was reminding me of like whenever we were watching the Pistons <laughs> and and they would just lose the ball sometimes. Yeah, that that happened to us a lot tonight. So whenever you're getting reminded of this Pistons team like that's the comparison you have that's not you know that's not not really a good sign unfortunately um let me see we struggled to get on the boards in the second unit um but some other guys were were still playing well they they had a size and well I say they had a size mismatch when when Dom was on the floor as much as I love Dom you know with with Kata and and Luke Cornett those are both you know seven footers so there were just some times where where I mean I don't even know what it, what was his total rebounds yet just just four tonight um and and those matchups were kind of tough whenever it came to second chance looks the Celtics got it feels like they got a lot of those tonight as well um but yeah, th those were, I mean, there were some other like decent things I wrote down for the first quarter, Ethan. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It, it's hard just with the way this game went. It's hard for me to go back to them. I'll, I'll say them just since I wrote them down. I did say that KJ and Malachi were playing, KJ, Malachi and Blake were playing decent in the second unit. Um, and then I said that Dom had some screen assists and, and decent switches too. But this was when the Celtics turned it up in the second quarter, which we'll get to, um, they beat us by 20. So all of those things were kind of erased. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a lot of similar things uh, to start off active defense, pr predominantly from Jeremy Sohan getting out in transition um, offensively as well. He had a lob to Wemby early, uh, got himself a basket early on. Um, Wemby was playing aggressively, like you said. I will say he he did struggle at times in the post early on against Al Horford. Um, he kind of old man strengthed Wemby out of the block, uh, forced a couple weird shots that went kind of like over the backboard. 
couple turnovers, miscues. Um, so that's something to be conscious of. But he did hit a couple threes. He was able to correct, and he finished the game with 27 points. So you kind of forget those moments early. Um, solid one-on-one defense from Julian on Jason Tatum. Obviously, that didn't continue the entire game, but early uh, he was really being physical with him and getting some good contests when when Jason went to that mid-range uh, turnaround jumper. Um, let's see. From the bench, solid ball movement. I felt like we were really cohesive, but at the end of the day, we still weren't able to get an open shot. Uh, I think that's more of a compliment to the Celtics' defensive yes. ability. Uh, but like we were moving the ball, we were setting good picks. Your boy Don Barlow, Keldon Blake, and Malachi were playing very well off of each other. Um, we just couldn't we couldn't knock down the jumper at the at the end of the shot clock. Um, Blake Wesley, I think he deserves his flowers despite the big loss. I know he only had zero points. <laughs> he only had two assists and a rebound, uh, and only seven minutes of play. Uh, but I felt like he had a solid command at the offense. He felt under control. Um, he was being very vocal defensively and getting into guys as well, being aggressive. Um, And he had a really, really nice pass that was one of his two assists at the end of the shot clock at the end of the first quarter um, to mount to a cutting Malachi. He really had a thread needle. So this might be a hot take Jude, but I I really think we need to start giving Blake Wesley more than single digit minutes a game. I really need him to become a rotational piece after this game. There's a couple things I want to hit on there. I didn't mention it earlier, kind of, because as you could kind of probably tell with my demeanor, I just kind of felt a little bit defeated mentioning some of the good things that happened in the first quarter. But I also wrote down Champagne forcing misses and putting ball pressure on Tatum. Um, Obviously, that did not continue, but got to give him some credit there, um, at least in the first quarter. And then when it comes to Blake, man, I was just like, why did we only play him in the first quarter? That was, that was my thought process. Um, I'm not saying it would have changed the outcome whatsoever, um, mm-hmm. but you know when it just comes to his development and some of the good things that we did see, um, you know, I, I'd like to see him get like around more Malachi minutes. You know, at least mm-hmm. at least double digit minutes, like you said, um, just just a full game with him running the backup point. That's just, I mean, honestly, continue that unless yeah. you just see something. You know, see how that goes, and if it goes terribly then you can you know you can move away from it but um i i think i'm seeing some progressions from from him as well yeah i'd like to see at least 15 to 20 minutes and i i think you'll see a boost in malachi's performance as well um, and we talk at length about his his chemistry with don barlow because of the number of minutes they've had together in austin uh but i think you see a boost in confidence from malachi having his counterpart out there and they play off of each other well in the backcourt yeah, and you know another thing I noticed was there were even some uh, some Malachi pick and rolls with Dom, and that reminded me, you know, there were times where all three of those guys played in Austin together last year, um, and regardless, they came in in that same rookie class. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as Jeremy is a part of that too, Jeremy was always starting from the get go, mm-hmm. so that's kind of why you know there's a little bit of a difference between those three and him. But getting to the second quarter, Ethan, I'll, I'll give it the floor to you to start this time. <laughs> well, speaking of Malachi, we'll start with a positive. Um, it kind of at the end of the first quarter, going into the second quarter, I felt like he was playing very well, uh, played very aggressive, had a few tough takes to the rim. Um, in the pick and roll with Don Barlow, he was able to keep his defender kind of on his backside, similarly to Luka Doncic, and control his handle enough to to get all the way to the rim. So at first, I thought, okay, maybe Malachi will be the the spark plug for us. Unfortunately, that did not continue. Uh, we went to a lineup with no point guard. 
Uh, no Blake Wesley, no Trey Jones. We were really running Malachi at point. And after those first couple layups, uh, everyone became stone cold. Uh, we couldn't flourish. We weren't cohesive. Nobody was moving. It was a very stagnant offense um, with a lot of misses and a lot of turnovers that resulted in, in easy points for the Boston Celtics. Um, Victor, positively, did move away from the paint because he realized that wasn't going to ha- work for him tonight and started taking some easy mid-range jumpers. I like that progression mentally for him. It helps that they were falling. Um, Trey Jones, I love him to death, but he can't shoot worth a lick. Uh, I guess there's an argument for if he's open, he should take the shot. One for five tonight. He hit that one. I think that was his fifth three, but he missed Look, his first The four, four for four game affected. <laughs> Might have given him a little bit too much confidence. Uh, with that being said, Trey Jones, if you ever hear this, you're better at shooting than I'll ever be. For sure, for sure. I, I, I think he should just take a Draymond Green mentality here moving forward. No, I completely um, agree with you. I'm just saying I think that's probably why, you know, he he took those shots because he had had, you know, some decent shooting games in a row. Because I think the next game he might have went like two for three or one for two or something anyways. Mm-hmm. But I, I I just prefer Trey Jones, not to interrupt you no, too you're long good. here, but I, I just per if Trey Jones is going to be shooting those, it's like, it, it needs to kind of be, I mean, well, Keldon's even a better three-point shooter than him, like, by a mile. Um, but I was going to kind of go with that philosophy. Like, don't force it and, like, take, like, two, three max a game. And if you're missing, don't continue <laughs> to do it because that's what he did tonight. And it was just like, they're going to keep giving you that. Like, anyways. Yeah. There's a reason why, statistically, he's he's one of the worst three-point shooters in the league. Yep, and at this point is when the Celtics are really going on their run. Obviously, they beat us 40-20 to 20 in this quarter. Um, and it was in this quarter where I think we reverted to our old ways of thinking where we were popped in the mouth and the game plan went right out the window. Uh, I'm not saying anybody decided that they were going to be selfish. All I'm saying is the offense was completely out of sorts. There was sporadic passing, not intentional passing, uh, resulting in turnovers. Um, it just looked chaotic on that side of the floor. Um, and... Last point, defensively, or excuse me, this is still offensively. I've read my notes incorrectly. None of our players, aside from maybe Wemby, are better one-on-one offensive players than the Celtics' best one-on-one defenders. And I hope that makes sense. It's a mouthful. Yes, no, uh, that makes sense. But, but well, basically what I'm saying is at no point in one-on-one matchups tonight did we have the advantage, and that showed. Um, I need more from Devin Vassell. Thankfully, spoiler alert, he turned it on a little bit in the third quarter. But in that first half, I don't think he had but maybe one field goal. Um, and he was very, really, really struggling to get his shot off. And the same can be said for Keldon. In fact, he only shot the ball four times tonight. That needs to be better. Um, you want to give props to the Celtics because they're elite defenders. They have the personnel to be elite uh, along the wing as well as in the interior. Uh, but at the same time, we said at the beginning of the year, Jude, excuses are getting limited for at least those two players. Also, two of their best players are out right now, too. True. Derek White, they're one of their best perimeter defenders, and Chris Tapps, one of their best shot blockers. So we're going to limit the excuses. I'll, I'll give it to Jeremy, and I'll give it to Victor because they're they're both still young. But Devin Vassell, uh, Keldon Johnson, uh, y'all, y'all need to be a little bit better. Yeah, in a game like this, mm-hmm. you know, especially where like, you know, it, like you mentioned that third quarter, as much as it never really felt in reach, like there we did have opportunities. Yeah, we had multiple opportunities, honestly, to cut it to single digits. Um, 
Now, I, this is a completely different, even with Chris Stapps and, and Derek out, I would still say that the Celtics are a completely different animal than, than the Hawks um, yeah. or some other teams that we've came back against. Um, but we had those opportunities. And yeah, when you mentioned Keldon, that's first of all, it felt like Vassell was non-existent in the first half, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and he did impose himself more, but still a, an 0 for 5 night for him from three. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you get a couple more of those, I, the, I, I don't think it makes a difference if you get a couple more of those. Makes but, it more competitive. Well, I guess, yeah. Well, now that I think about it, if, if you get a couple more of those, maybe in the moments that I was just referencing where you did kind of cut it to around 15, 13, that could be the difference of maybe getting it um, to single digits at that point. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that, I mean, even if he makes five threes, that's not. That's not the difference tonight. But Keldon, that's really, I mean, I didn't even, it, 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 I, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I I didn't even think about talking about him. That's yeah. that's how, like, I didn't, how much I didn't really notice him tonight. Um, so, yeah, with I mean, he's already making 20 million, and especially yeah. with how he's been playing in this, um, in, in this six-man role from what we've seen, you know, uh, since it's happened, um, this is by far his, his worst game in that position. And this would have been a game where if you had 20 from Keldon, that would that that would have been the difference of making this game competitive. Um, yeah. Hell, even Chetty Osman had two points tonight. Like, I know he's a different, a completely different player, different responsibilities, but he only took two shots. Like, you yeah. would expect more from him. This is probably his worst game of the year in only 12 minutes. And, you know, when I think about that, Ethan, that just kind of goes back to the Celtics defense. I know, I know we'd, I know we, we just said like, we don't want to make excuses, which is why we're, you know, calling that out. But at the same time, like those guys aren't going to beat as much as Derek and, uh, and, and Chris Stapps were out. They're not going to beat Tatum or, or Jalen Brown. They're just Mm -hmm. not, you know, at this point in their careers, um, I'll go to the second quarter, too, with some stuff that you said. Uh, what I wrote down, rotations fell apart to start the second after Malachi got an easy layup to start the quarter. Um, we tried to force things, just like you mentioned, which caused things to be chaotic. Not necessarily selfish. It was just like we were frustrated. So mm-hmm. guys were just like, okay, I'm going to just go try to get a bucket if I see a lane. I'm not going to. They weren't thinking through the offense or, you know, okay, what's the best? You know, how do I set this up? It was like, no, let me just barrel to the rim. Like the whole team kind of took the the Keldon mentality, but except it wasn't incorporated into the game plan. You know what I'm saying? Um, I wrote Trey shooting too many threes, um, and there was a 21 to six run um, from the 10 minute mark um, in the second from Boston over mm-hmm. like those five minutes. So from the 10 minute mark to the five minute mark, Boston went on a 21 to six run, and before that, um, and this was after. Niemis, I don't even know if that's how you say his first name, uh, Keita, <laughs> but I know Keita is his last name. Um, when he bumped into Wemby and pushed him to the floor, mm-hmm. that's when we really started to get frustrated and, and that kind of kick-started you know, the ugliness because they went on an 8-0 run there. So, and that was right before the 21-6 to run. So if you factor that in, that was really a 29-6 to run to start the second quarter which is why, you, you know, you lost 40 to 20. Um, the other thing I wrote down, these, these, I feel bad saying these because I always try to be like the guy that doesn't, you know, crap on these guys. But I wrote down execution was minimal. Rough switches couldn't make a shot. I think that's extremely fair to say. Extremely fair. And a, a lot of ball handler watching defensively. 
Like everybody, off-ball defenders, they were just like it, it, even guys like Peyton Pritchard, who aren't great ball handlers. Like we were just like staring him down as he drove into the lane and kind of came out baseline and kicked it out to a wide open three. And it doesn't help that they shot nearly 50% from three, but that's what a team like the Celtics is going to do to you. They're going to knock down the open looks. Drew Holiday had six of seven. That's a recipe for a loss. Yeah, there you go. Um, Any any other final thoughts on this first half, Ethan? Uh, no, I, I, I still just want to hammer home. I, I don't understand why Blake didn't play in the second quarter. I really don't understand that decision, especially since our, that no-point-guard lineup that was without Trey or without Blake. It was so bad to start the second quarter. It was really the reason that they got off to a, a strong run. The Celtics did. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that lineup. Can you help me out? I think it was Blake – or not Blake. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was Malachi, Keldon, Chetty, okay. Dom, and I want to say either – Doug or like Devin? Jeremy. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the two. But like, yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. Because they were reverting to the the nine man where they're playing Malachi at, at PG off the bench. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So then we get to the third quarter, and and this is, I, I should be like happier about this because when we went into this, I I didn't text you, and I'm kind of glad because maybe that was like the reverse, uh, psychology jinx. Um. But I I was about to text you. I was going to be like, well, <laughs> there goes our third quarter winning streak. <laughs> That's what I wanted to text at the beginning of the third. And somehow we freaking won this thing. And it still was ugly. Like it was a, you know, yeah. if you look at it, 33 to 24, it's like, oh, that's a pretty good, you know, um, comeback there. But really to start, it wasn't that great. And, and we kind of did the same thing that the Celtics did to us, literally by the numbers, because they showed it on the broadcast from the 10 minute mark in this third quarter to the five minute mark around there in, in the third. We all we went on a 21 to six run. Obviously, theirs was 29 to six when we added in the, the beginning of that. Um, but that was just funny. I was like the, the fact that the runs were like exactly the same that they put up on the screen. Um so, but that was after that was after a rough start. But even with that being said, it, I don't. It, it still kind of felt choppy, not fluid. Um, and and I think the Celtics just cooled off a little bit, which gave us some transition opportunities. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And the reason it didn't feel fluid to me was it wasn't the team collectively making a comeback, making better decisions finding open looks with ball movement and, and player movement. It was really just Devin Vassell um, kind of taking initiative. And shout out to him. I know we were just crapping on him in the first half, but he did come out and he played aggressively. He got to the rim, um, got some easy jumpers with, with his defender on his back, off of screen and roll situations, in the lane, at the elbow area. Um, that's where he flourishes, and that's where we need him to be dominant in the first half as well. He can't wait till the third quarter. Uh, but it did get us off to a run, and he did. He was able to get to the free throw line. He was yeah. one of the few Spurs that actually got to the free throw line tonight. He had seven of eight, and I think a lot of those came. I think mo- maybe all of them came in the third quarter because um, he he did go on an individual tear. Uh, but I, I think we were down twenty, or we had a twenty point depth, twenty five going into the third quarter. So there was really no making a comeback. Yeah. Um, 
there were the the most of those that I remember were with Dom Dom giving him some screens. It's not even just to bring him up. That's just what I remember. Um, mm-hmm. and that's something that we've kind of seen over a couple games. So that's that's a nice little um pick and roll chemistry that we're seeing being built there and i like how when he was at the elbow there were times where he was like even you know it it, it was almost like the dom screens a lot of times it was peyton pritchard who was trailing um and it would force but whoever was the man on devin it would force them to like even if they were able to fight over it a little bit they Mm. were always behind him so it was like he was going to be in that position at the elbow where he's already going to have a dude in front of him where he can draw a foul there. But even if that doesn't happen, if the dude who was on the pick and roll guarding him, who was, you know, who got, who got stuck by the Dom screen, you know, they could come and that could force some fouls as well. Cause he's usually going to stop on that air ball or uh, air ball. What the heck did I just say on that elbow? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, do that little kind of like pop shot that he does. Um, so yeah, I saw him. You know, he got some and ones there as well. But it really, the more that you're saying that, it the that's why it didn't feel that great because it was just Devin Vassell scoring and and the Celtics, you know, cooling off a little bit. Yeah, um, that's really all I had written down for the third quarter, Jude. I mean, Victor played pretty well as well, but uh, for the most part, it was despite us winning the quarter, it, it was pretty much the same script, just us scoring slightly more than they did. Yeah, I I didn't. I literally just had the run written down because that was like I was like, okay, but it was just it it was so it was it was so different Mm -hmm. despite winning that third quarter. It was so different than than all of the other third quarters that we've won in a row since Trey has been starting. Very true. Very true. And then in the fourth quarter, I mean, we could really break it down, but I, I took off the box score for a reason. Lost 23 to 20, but it was just it was just um, what's the word? a uh i can't think of it but it was we were just getting through those next 12 minutes yeah literally <laughs> and i think the, the commentators were too because when when um joe Mazzula challenged the out of bounds ruling where they were going to do a jump ball he challenged mm-hmm. it on like it wasn't even like spurs ball it was like okay i don't know who's out on let's do a, a jump and he challenged it that's crazy but they were they were up and sean and dan were both like come on, man. Like we got plans. Like they were both like, <laughs> this game's over. Like they literally said, like I got places to be. It, it was pretty funny. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, on my end, I got the Celtics broadcast and I'm just glad that I'll never have to hear Devin Vassell ever oh. again. Well, that's just what you get with Boston. They, they, they typically only care about their own teams. I and mean, you got to respect it. I mean, they're one of the greatest franchises of all time. Uh, they, are. they also have that accent. That's, very specific to the Boston area. It wasn't even just like Devin. It was there, the were, like, there were like multiple. They don't care about pronunciation. No, not at all. I've watched several <laughs> Boston games on League Pass, and uh-huh. it's it's not just the Spurs. It's literally wow. every single team. They just it doesn't really translate sense. for them. That makes uh, sense. I did want to mention since we don't have that much to talk about in the fourth quarter, some three things that kind of uh, st- statistics that you know, led to us losing as badly as we did out rebounded tonight. Let's see 54 to 41. Victor only had five rebounds tonight, uh, which is unusual considering he's been averaging what, like 12 since he moved to center spot. Uh, He also only had one block tonight, which is highly unusual. He's averaging three and has been on a tear getting basically five a game for a couple weeks now. Um, we were outshot. They shot 50%, 47% from three. We shot 20% from three. 
that was a huge difference tonight. And then fast break points we actually lost, despite the fact we technically had two less turnovers, Juke. So that tells me we're missing a lot of shots and not getting back and not setting up our defense. I think the a technical differential was is only 10 to 15 in favor of Boston. Um, and somehow we actually won points in the paint, 58 to 42. And since we lost by 19, what does that tell you, Jude? They shot a million threes and they all went in. And we didn't make any. Nope. And the largest lead for the Spurs tonight was two points. Largest lead for the Boston Celtics was 30. Two points, baby. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, Wembenyama, uh, you may have already said this, but he had five turnovers tonight. I was That's, thinking yeah. about that when you were mentioning him in the post. I believe like I, maybe not all of them, but at least probably like four of them came mm-hmm. when he was in the post. Um, but, you know, as, as much, if we take a 30,000-foot view, Ethan, these those moments for Wemby specifically in the post, you know, getting some welcome to the NBA moments from Al Horford, um, that'll be good for him long term and moving forward. Agreed. There there was a comment here that I wanted to address. I'm, I'm losing it in the shuffle. Ah, oh, where did they go? Do 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 do. You know what? I I lost it. It's fine. But dang it! I know. Oh, well, here's a here's a cool one that I stumbled upon. Keldon Johnson shooting 41% from three at home mm-hmm. and 25% on the road. That's tough to see. Um, I think holistically our team's playing a lot better at home than on the road, which is common, and it's amplified with a young team. Um, but since he's our veteran, he's the guy we're paying $20 million a year to, that needs, that needs to change soon. Well, um... I don't want to talk about this game anymore. I'm play. done with it. I'm done with it. Um, so, but we're not going to end on that, Ethan, because I want to. I want to have some good news. And okay. That's our next two games. Our next back to back. All right. We play Charlotte and we play Washington. Okay. Oh yeah. So we'll really get to see. Um, you know, uh, before I was saying when we last talked, I believe that was after the Charlotte game mm-hmm. last Friday. You know, I said like or you and you and I both said like we'll see kind of over these next three games if this little stretch that started since Milwaukee will be worth anything um I know you could say yes it's three three straight losses but kind of like I said with Chicago and Atlanta um with the way that those looked you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a thread of hope Ethan but it's gonna be tested I mean these are the because if we start if we lose to Charlotte and Washington then we're then we're really um reverting to Mm -hmm. some stuff um but if we can bounce back and and at least, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't, we, we really should ideally, <laughs> we can win both of those games with how we were playing and mm-hmm. especially with how we beat Charlotte the last game. Um, but at the same time, I feel like Charlotte's probably going to want to get some get back against us. And then the other thing is, is because it's a back to back, you know, Wemby's not going to be playing one of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I, and I assume with what we've done all season, he's going to play the first and he won't play the second. So, that kind of plays in to the Wizards' hands, if you will, because that Charlotte game, they're going to want some get back. And then against Washington, we won't have. I know they're not as bad as Chicago, um, but what I saw tonight doesn't give me that much confidence for Saturday. But we'll see if they can turn it around and prove us wrong. Um, but I think you get what I'm saying there. Like if Charlotte comes and just plays us hard, maybe we'll we'll play a uh, 
you know, maybe it'll still be competitive, but they're probably going to want that one. And and it, I would expect it to be more competitive. Um, and then we won't have Wemby against Washington, which we know what that can do sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, go ahead. I would say I'd keep your, our eyes on Twitter, uh, for those of you that haven't still, or X rather, um, <laughs> as well as as Spurs news, because last week during a post game, I can't remember which game it was, but they asked Wemby about the specific back-to-back because the question was, which one would you rather play on against uh, the Hornets or against Bilal Koulibaly? with the uh, Washington Wizards. And he said, selfishly, he'd rather play the Washington game uh, if he had a choice because it's against the law. Um, but obviously it's up to the coaching staff. But then he finished it off by saying, and who knows, maybe by that point they'll let me play both. Um, and Pop did say around the beginning of next week is when his minutes restriction is going to be um, at least looked at and evaluated and possibly lifted. I'm glad you said that because this was a comment I missed earlier from Nick Matson, and he said, when will Victor come off his minutes restriction next season? <laughs> That's kind of how it felt with how long yeah. it was going on. I didn't think it would last this long. Obviously, I'm all for caution with a player like him in his first year. Yep. Um, but I'm glad you had heard something about it because I had not. And the other thing that people should probably keep their eye on is um, – is whenever Zach comes back. Um, uh, yes. I know that should be coming up soon. I I was just wondering if that's going to be these next two games. It probably won't, um, but maybe next week um, we could start to see Zach. Next week's... Oh, God, yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> we do play fun. Portland, but there's three other guaranteed losses next week. And my question about Zach is, there was comments about this earlier to, in this stream, Will he get some minutes next to Don Barlow at four? Is that a possibility? Jude, do you have an opinion? Because he is your prodigal son. Um, What are we referencing? Some comments earlier about Zach coming back. They were oh. positive about Zach coming back, but they also felt like it'd be a good move to play Dom at the four. Yeah, I did see that. I saw also that uh, somebody said that... Um, he played next to Bassey a lot in the G League, so he does have that experience. And we also had that random lineup at the end of the game where I think we were playing him at the three. Um, yeah, it might- we were. <laughs> so there was that. I wasn't sure because I know Mamu plays the three on the Georgian team, so and they're kind of similar-ish at least when it comes to their movement. Um, so I wasn't really sure, but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we will see some more of that. Um, I just wonder who who that kicks out of getting minutes because if we do that i mean to me when i hear that that probably means no no minutes for blake that's what i hear which i personally would rather give blake minutes and just decide which one of those guys is going to be our center like as much right exactly and if you want to like do a thing where well really it's like we already said in the last post game ethan in these next when zach comes back it's going to be about two weeks until the deadline and yeah. at that point, when Zach comes back, we'll have about two weeks of Barlow. So I was going to say, like, you could switch him if you wanted to. But I was like, at that point, just play Zach until the deadline yeah. and then and then finish your evaluation. But I've had this comment up, Ethan, because this is some other really good news. Our man Mark Obid goes on, says mm. Wemby is on the skills challenge, though, which I did see that. That makes me very happy. Um, we'll see if he makes the all star game. I think he has a chance at that. Um, but uh regardless i mean i i would understand if he didn't um but we'll get to see him in the skills challenge so that would be fun is it jeremy's second year still mm-hmm. i'm lo- i'm losing track of time no, you're is good. it so you're telling me that team world 
is going to have Jeremy Sohan possibly and Victor Wembanyama on it. Ooh. Is that what you're telling me? I don't know because uh, is 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 Jeremy even going to be on it? I mean, he should, but I don't know if he will. I think statistically he's better technically than last year, and he made it last year. But I don't know. I'd have to look at the world of talent. Maybe there's more than there was last year. Depends. Yeah. Vane Stain says, I think the fans want Wemby in the All-Star game. And I think I agree with that. He's he's getting a lot of votes right now. I'm not like super locked into it because we're the 7-33 and 33 San Antonio Spurs. Um, but <laughs> I think that he does have a chance because he's he's Victor Wembanyama. Oh, sorry. Last Go note on this game, and really the past few games in general. Everybody's passing Wemby the ball. I think that can be safely said. That's all I wanted to say. Thank He's you. getting his touches. For sure. For sure. Did have 27 tonight, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, 19 shots. I wish I had some better words for y'all, but this was just a tough one. So mm-hmm. thank y'all for coming and hanging out with us tonight. We truly appreciate it. Um, stay tuned to the channel. Um, don't forget to hit that like and that subscribe button below if you enjoyed the content. Tell your other Spurs fans, friends, all that good stuff. And if you want to stay updated with the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter or X. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Um, at SSPN on my T, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Go Spurs, go.